Greetings. Today we have another golden guest joining us. He'll be sharing with us more on how Web3 gives the power back to artists. Elway has been in crypto for four years and started investing in NFTs in August 2021. He is one of the early members of the LHDP Lazy Hat Diamond Paws and is on the executive board where he focuses on marketing and music. He lives in San Francisco with his wife and two children, and he enjoys trips to Lake Tahoe and challenging his two boys to always ask why. You're a conscious luminary, and you're getting it going in the NFT space. Welcome to Golden Meta Sessions with Doc Peace. I'm your host, Dr. Peace Uche, also known as Doc Peace. Golden Meta Sessions is a time to celebrate creative expression, featuring NFT creatives who share their doses of inspiration on how they got started, plus tips and strategies on how to boldly creatively express to empower your NFT journey and achieve your version of success. New episodes drop weekly every Thursday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, so press subscribe for your weekly dose of Golden Meta Sessions with Doc Peace. This episode of Golden Meta Sessions with Doc Peace podcast is sponsored by Raka, a metaverse company and exclusive manager of French Montana's NFT album drop, 2D Montega, dropping soon. Welcome, Elway. Thanks for having me, Doc Peace. Glad you're to be here. so very welcome. Yes, I'm happy you're here as well. Let's dive right on in because I want to learn more about your BC story, your before crypto story. You've been in crypto for about four years now, but what were you doing before you discovered this new world and started leveraging this Web3 technology? Yeah, so for me, I I came from a background in finance and accounting. And so I've always been quite interested in markets and investing. And I started to get into options trading and, and various other forms of financial instruments. And I, I always found that you know, no matter what I ended up doing in, 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 with any of those different forms of investing, you always had to go through central platforms and most of the money was made by people in control of, of the system. And so I started to really look into, you know, decentralized investments. Uh, I actually had a good friend that I probably should have listened to a, a bit more than I did. He was an early investor um in tech companies and um payment companies fintech uh, okay. going back probably six years ago seven years ago he started to make investments in like paypal and he was a, a m a uh, focused person in the corporate world and and every time he was talking to people in these communities they talked about bitcoin and at the time it was so cheap it, you know you didn't think much about it but you know, he kind of gave me the advice to just put a couple thousand dollars of funny money into it when it was single digit price, which I, I, I didn't. Um, and then, you know, you just continue to watch it, continue to watch it. And, and you kind of wish that you would have gotten in earlier. But, you know, I think all of us at some point sort of hit that tipping point where we do start investing and we do slowly start getting more comfortable with it because there's a huge barrier to entry when you look at the complexities of, of getting into, you know, getting your wallet set up and um, investing in, in assets that you can't touch, right? So it just, it, there's a big barrier there. But I, I finally kind of got over that hurdle like four years ago 
right before uh, Bitcoin ran up to, I think, 18,000 or 20,000 around Christmas for the first time. So I was feeling great for a while there, but didn't put enough in in hindsight like most of us. Well, we learn, we live and we learn. So <laughs> there's a statement that you shared with me and it's, it goes, artists and creators have a unique opportunity with Web3 to unleash their creativity and enjoy the benefits of their passion like never before. So you shared with us how you discovered crypto and started leveraging this technology, investing and utilizing your background and your knowledge in investments to make additional money in the space to monetize and use this space as an additional revenue stream. Can you share more on what it is that you are working with for artists and creators to, to really monetize as well in the space? Yeah, I think um, maybe I can step back and give a little more context um, because really I think when COVID hit, I think it changed a lot of people's uh, focus and, and, and efforts, obviously. As people were sitting at home, I started to feel really disconnected from music. Uh, I used to be really big into going to concerts and uh, going to live shows. And as, as the pandemic hit, you know, that wasn't available to any of us. And so I started to actually jump onto Twitch. And um, way back when I was a gamer, I, I had an account for Twitch from way back when we, we used to do uh, some of the some of the games where there was no voice. You would go onto Twitch with your headphones and talk to the other players who were on your team, and then you would you know be playing on your on your mobile device separately. And then I discovered some really great DJs were on Twitch. And during the pandemic, I started to find a lot of musicians were on Twitch that were playing original music. You know, they were really connecting with their communities, and they were able to make money unlike any way that they had in their pasts. And so when you start to talk to artists about Web2 um, record labels and the types of contracts that people get put into, it's really sad. Um, you know, a lot of people get put into these 360 contracts where essentially the, the record label will um, give you one, two, three albums uh, advance money and then until you can actually pay them back every dollar that they've spent along the way you don't make anything and they continue to market your material as you're going and so you fall further behind it's kind of like college loan debt in some ways and so most artists never make it except for those very few that completely explode and that you know they have millions of views uh, a week on the platforms and they're actually able to make a little money out of the web to um, music industry. But there's so many people in between the artists and the money that oftentimes, um, as I've talked to artists over the last uh, year and a half uh, on spaces, especially most of them have only gotten money if they, if they use their audit rights, um, they essentially sue their own label to go dig through the books and try and get a little bit, uh, of the money that they've actually been been earning over the prior years. But there's just, you have so many different hands in the pot uh, before any money really goes to the artists. Um, and then when you think about NFTs, 
uh, really you're, you're putting the power back in the hands of anyone that's a creator, right? And that goes wow. for people that wow. are doing music. Yeah, so um, when you look at creating your own NFT, what you're essentially doing is you're putting your art directly for sale uh, to the public, right? Um, there's some small fees potentially involved you know, with people helping you set up your mint. Um, not all of us are probably uh, willing or able to do the development and some of that other work. But I think that's a small cost in the grand scheme of things to put your, your album out. Um, we've seen a number of successful artists um, in the last six months that are actually doing, you know, multiple thousand mint collections. Um, Sammy Violetta being the most recent two and the money that they've made from that, while you know it's not millions and millions of dollars, it's probably the equivalent of 15 or 20 years of Spotify plays for them. And so we're accelerating their ability to earn income. But what's even better about it is they're getting really close connections to their fans. They know who their fans are. They're pulling them into their discords. They're having conversations with them. So the community is actually closer than ever before they're getting better access to the artist and the artists are actually able to make a living out of this because they're actually in direct control of making an income for the value that they're producing. So yes. it's total paradigm shift here. I see that. And I, I see that the, there's a lot of benefit in leveraging this technology. And it sounds like what the platform you're, you've created allows for the highlighting of artists and creators. Can you share more on what kind of artists and creators are you calling in to work with on your platform for those who are listening and wondering how they can partake. Yeah, so uh, we have um, a group that we call the Lazy Hat Media Group. It's uh, part of the Lazy Hat Diamond Paws uh, trade group, which is a small group within the Lazy Lion NFT collection. Uh, 255 of the NFTs have the Lazy Hat trait. And so we've formed a business club um for the folks that buy that actual nft and it's a it's an elective we have a community wallet for marketing purposes to help us actually develop some of these projects um because we are in it for business we are in it for community as well and it's a strong tight community a lot of smart minds and business people are in the group um but from the from the media group perspective what we're trying to do is kind of multifaceted approach to music the first being that we wanted to first get attention of who we were. So we've been creating a rock band competition. So we're gonna be doing some YouTube videos and letting the community vote on their favorite songs. Um, and the members of the LHDP will be the rock stars. Um, we're gonna use their PFPs in kind of like a cartoon um, video, kind of like a Gorillaz music video, if you remember uh, that cool band from the past. Uh, so the members in the LHCP don't need to have any artistic skills. <laughs> they don't need to be able to play any instruments. Uh, thank God. Uh, I'm not sure what I would play if I was forced to. I'm more of a music lover than a creator. <laughs> um, but so that's the first layer. Um, the next layer is we're actually going to uh, help artists. And I think that there's two completely different uh, sides to that. The first is there's a lot of musicians that never, never made it or they never tried or they gave up. And so for them, 
were trying to go revive some of their interest in music and basically say, look, we will help push your music through our channel with you know the eyes that we can get on your music. You don't have to pay anything, but we're also not gonna pay you anything unless it makes money, right? And if it makes money, you just get a split percentage of anything it generates, right? So it's kind of a lottery ticket for them. And so it's really attractive for people that have struggled to make it in music or gave up. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of talented people out there that you wouldn't even know that they have amazing musical talents, mm -hmm. but because, because they never show it to anyone. And so we're trying to recruit people for that and give them another chance, kind of a second chance maybe, or first chance for some people to really get their voice heard. Or if they're a musician, they play different instruments, that's good too. They don't all have to be vocalists. Um, so a lot of different avenues for that. Um, on the other side, where you have uh, more established artists, uh, a lot of them are coming out of you know, bad relationships with Web2 record labels, um, or they haven't just quite made it. And so we kind of have more of an approach for them of helping them uh, develop a strategy for a marketing plan and a business plan, and ultimately for an NFT mint. Um, because I think that it's really important that artists are minting their work they're getting it out in the metaverse and then we're going to be able to use them um, for metaverse concerts for in your life concerts but also introduce them to all the different communities that we're collaborating with okay. um, yeah. we have a lot of communities that we're, we're tight with yeah that's this is wonderful i know um on our show so far we've had a few different musicians including spotty wi-fi and a brief um a brief segment with jaw rule as well in season one so these these established musicians are shifting away from this that paradigm of working with these large scale groups because they're realizing that they weren't monetizing like they could if they shifted to the web3 space so we, we know that to be true but i really want to focus more on these up-and-coming artists as well because many are within our my community specifically who are welcoming support with getting seen and it sounds like what you're doing here is you're betting on their success. So can you share more on what ways in which you support these up and coming artists? Is it through uh, studio time, recording time? What goes into the this project of, of really supporting and elevating these upcoming artists? Yeah, so I think for those uh, up and coming artists, the first thing we do is, you know, we get in touch with them and, you know, make sure that we're kind of aligned. Um, we want to make sure we're working with people that are like minded, high quality, respectful people, um, because your reputation takes a long time to build, but it can quickly go away with, you know, just one instant you're 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 fighting again just to build it back up and it, it leaves much faster than it takes to to grow mm -hmm. um but you know most people in web3 i found are terrific um we're quickly uh getting them into our twitter spaces so the lazy lions have at least one twitter space every day of the week except for sunday um and so we're calling artists up all the time during those to give us a break kind of cheer up the room uh give it a new vibe and so whenever i see artists uh in the room we, we give them a shout out and try and encourage them to come up and 
and share their art with with the community. Um, and we also have aspirations to get uh, you know a series of these uh, songs into an NFT project that we would mint. Um, and so they would obviously partake in anything that came of that. But um, you know, I think that there's first of all, it's about community building and getting them exposure because for a lot of them, it's just about getting people's hearts and ears connected and the rest is really easy. Um, but it's hard to get over that first initial step to actually get the exposure and to, to give, let people, um, give people space uh, to show their art. And so that's kind of the, the, where we start with it. Where it goes from there, I don't know. We have some big names that are on the traveling circuit of NFT conferences, and um, I'm sure they're going to be doing more music at those in the future, and they're going to want more artists to, to come with them. So I think the opportunities are kind of endless. Okay. Okay. So it's access to opportunities. Um, and do, do those who you decide to work with, do they have to ha hold a lazy hat NFT in order to be considered? <laughs> no, we always encourage people to buy one, but uh, it depends if, if people want to come and do uh, a full on project with us. Yes, we kind of strongly encourage that. But for musicians and for for this type of thing, absolutely not. The, the price of a of a lazy hat right now is about seven ETH. So, you know, the, the, the musicians uh, typically, you know, that's going to be a big stretch. Um, and it's really about coming into the community. Um, ultimately, maybe they would buy a cub or a bungalow, uh, much cheaper entry point, but that's just if they want to stay part of the, the Lazy Lion community. Um, you don't have to buy anything in order to work with us on a music front. Um, it's really just about your, your energy and, uh, you know, that you're, you're really a hard worker because in this, in this Web3 world, it's all about production and grinding. And the folks that are really successful are working hard every day. They're talking to people, they're practicing their art, and uh, you know, they're making connections that are gonna be really valuable in the future. Thank you for sharing that. Let's take a quick moment now to hear from our sponsors. This episode of Golden Meta Sessions with Dog Peace podcast is sponsored by Raka, a metaverse company and exclusive manager of French Montana's NFT album drop, 2D Montega. Welcome back to Golden Meta Sessions with Dog Peace. I want to turn a little bit to what it is that you're currently doing in the real world because you did share with me that you haven't yet made your full-time jump to the web3 space but you think it will happen soon so can you share more on what it is you do when you're not working in web3 and how you're balancing that with your your lazy hat diamond paws executive board status yeah sure uh in in the real world uh, i have a pretty heavy corporate job i'm in corporate strategy and so that essentially is helping our executive team make sure that they're looking out for the long term uh, risks and opportunities and uh, also making sure that, you know, we're we're putting those really difficult discussions and debates in front of them throughout the year um, so that we're, we're never caught flat footed when things change, which is inevitable in any kind of business. Um, and I also am uh, pretty heavy in integrating companies. So that ends up being a big travel load and a big workload. 
um, until you can, you know, six months at least for most of these integrations. So for me, uh, the first hurdle is uh, more about uh, time. I don't have I don't have enough time right now to just make the jump. But the biggest reason is because for me, uh, I have a young family. And so, uh, you know, I, I'm going to have a difficult time jumping in from a financial perspective initially. And so I need to just make sure that I can kind of line up my Web3 life a little bit better um, before I make that jump. And so I'd like to get a few more successes uh, so that I have a little more confidence that I can make it. Um, it, it's obviously a lot bigger decision when it's, uh, you know, four people yeah. that you're looking out for than, than just one. But um, I started to go to conferences, as you know, Doc, uh, saw you in New York and, uh, you know, met a lot of other great people. Um, and I plan to keep doing that and keep working on projects. And, you know, if I can get enough momentum where I think it's going to be uh, safe. I have enough safety net for my family. Then I think it's an easy decision. But right now, it's still a little bit out, yeah, <laughs> out in the horizon, a tiny bit. And this is a very important conversation to have because many community members are making the jump, and they're going in with this, um, this, these visions um, of success. And it's important to set yourself up for that success. And it's important to do what you're doing now, doing that due, due diligence and doing that research, making those connections and actually seeing success in the space before you make that big leap into going all in. So this is very important, the work that you're doing now. So I appreciate you, you for sharing that. It sounds also like you are setting yourself up as a consultant in the space, um, utilizing your, your background and your knowledge um, in executive um, consultation to to provide that support for Web3 projects. So can you share more on some ways in which you've identified certain projects are, are lacking and are not maybe perhaps setting themselves up for success in that way um, and really kind of giving us some clarity on what we can look at that's commonly overlooked? Well, I think the number one thing is trust. Uh, the biggest challenge in any project in Web3 is do you trust the other parties? And, you know, we've all probably uh, invested in some rug pulls and hopefully learned from it. I mean, I think um, D-Dish, who's one of the, one of the, well, the guy that created the LHDP, one of his expressions is, you know, those investments that we learned over the last eight months, or for those of you, maybe longer, really was equivalent to an MBA, right? We were making the investments, we learned the hard way, and hopefully we don't make those mistakes again. But what I think I'm trying to bring to the space is just, you know, someone that, that is transparent. I'm, I'm always talking about what I'm doing because I actually think I'm gonna out-execute people anyway. And so there's nothing that I want to hide and I'm very open and honest when I'm communicating with people. And that's going to attract the right people to me that have that same kind of mindset. And so I don't want to get into a situation where, um, you know, I don't feel right about what I'm doing just to just to make a bag. Um, it's really about the long term for me. And so I think the space is missing enough founders that are truly doxed, that truly care. Um, once you find those communities and those founders, you stick with them. You're very loyal to them. And so that stickiness for those those groups of people that fit that kind of 
um, you know, clear, transparent, open, honest uh, dealings, I think it's expanding. And I think people are starting to really see that that's the way to go. Um, but I still think we have a long way to go. And uh, so I think a lot of projects also want to come and talk to people like myself who've been here, wow, eight years in NFT uh, age. Uh, so I'm an old veteran of eight months. Um, and they think that we can help them with the right introductions or guide them a bit so that their project has a higher uh, chance of success. And that's what we think we can do as well. Gold. I think you created another acronym here, um, and that's the fearless, transparent, open, and honest. So FTO. <laughs> FTO. <laughs> FTO. Let's go. I love that. I love that. So one thing that we shared earlier when I was reading your bio is that you're challenging your two boys to always ask why. So I have two questions for you. What is your biggest why for for even entertaining this idea of stepping full time into the Web3 space? And is there a specific why that is driving your action? Oh, good I guess question. Same question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it kind of is. I mean, I think the biggest why for me is um, really around, you know, um, why do I think it's so important to maintain my web two, my web two life? Um, because in lots of ways, I think I've outgrown it. Um, I think that there's a big question I think everyone needs to ask, and it's you know, are you going to be, uh, are you going to be a person, you know, are you looking to be someone that that does or someone that is, right? And my current life is really an is. I have a title, I have a big job, but. I really want to just go do. I want to just be myself and go go create. And so, um, what is it that's holding me back from that? I, I think it's just you get so um, into you know uh, family life. You get you know you have the house and the debt and the cars, and you feel like it's it's too big of a jump. But there's never going to be a perfect time, you know. So any big decision uh, that you need to make in life, as soon as you've made up your mind, you need to just sort of just start going in, in, in whatever direction you've chosen because there's never a perfect time, right? And so I've started to move into the Web3. I've started to really build that. And so I, I'm starting on that path. But, you know, I still haven't gotten my wife uh, on board much with it. And so that's probably the other big why <laughs> I need to go get her. Uh, over the hurdle as well. But I think yeah. it's important that people just, once they've made up their mind on something, don't look back. Yeah, this is so very true. Once you made up your mind on something, don't look back. And what I found is that curiosity is that first step. So getting the curiosity of your community, of your family, is the first step in actually getting them more on board with what you're doing, um, providing that education, having them listen to the podcasts, um, jump into Twitter spaces so that their curiosity starts really brewing and then they want to learn more and they understand your passion. Because right now, looking from the outside, looking in, people don't understand the passion, the draw. Um, and it's important to have that education in place so that you can really help to onboard others in your family and your community. Um, so that they can join, journey with you. 
Yeah, so and that's not, a, that's not, a, not easy. Uh, I know all of us have tried to talk to family and friends and gotten some interesting looks and interesting comments. So just stick with it, everybody. <laughs> yep, stick with it, stick with it. So with that being said, what are some specific items that you are looking to check off for yourself personally before you make that full-on jump? Are there specific tasks that you've set for yourself and certain milestones that you are looking to achieve before you make that that jump full into Web3? No, not necessarily, no. I mean, I, there's, there's a couple big projects that I'm in final negotiation on that I'd like to ink um, that I think will give great momentum for, for the future. I think those would be two of the biggies. Um, nothing I can mention, but you know, really excited about them. <laughs> really excited. Um, and I think as soon as as soon as that happens, then it's going to be much easier for me to kind of keep moving uh, into okay. the web direction. So it hopefully. sounds like, yeah. Congratulations on those um, those talks and those discussions that you're having on moving forward with these projects. So it, it sounds like establishing yourself in a web three position is what will allow you to have that 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 support that you need to finally go all into the web three space yeah i think it's harder for people that aren't uh founders that don't have you know a project that they can uh continue to generate wealth from when you're more of an advisor or consultant i think you have to have you know, a little bit of a resume and a reputation, and then, you know, things will be much easier. And I think I'm right at that point where I hear I have all that, but until we actually have some wins in the scoreboard, it's a, you know, it's a little bit uh, intimidating to make a full-time job. Yeah, this is, this is a great conversation we're having. I feel like many who aren't yet uh, familiar with the space, and even those who do, they have this false belief, this stereotype or myth that the only people who are finding success in the space are those who are artists um, and those who are collectors. But it's not true at all. In fact, any first of all, any type of artist can find success, including spoken word artists like myself. I've seen pool dancers have success in the space as well. Any type of creative expression is finding success in the space, uh, um, whether you're a visual artist or a musician. Uh, and and then secondly, service providers are massively needed in the space. And you are a service provider in providing the consultations that you're providing to these projects. Um, and even myself as a pivot coach, I'm a service provider. As an MC, as a speaker, as a performer, I'm providing this, these services to my community. Even this podcast is establishing um, that that is is providing us a, a platform for creatives to share what they're working on and how they're supporting the, the NFT community. This in itself is a service that I'm offering. And so it's important to, to note that, that you can show up in the space in so many different ways and providing a service is one of them. So for those who are listening, who are perhaps consultants as well, um, they have a consultant role in web too how do you even go about establishing yourself in the web3 space as you've done over the last eight months or so yeah i think most people that we've had come into our group um find that their passion in web3 is different than what they did in web2 
Um, and so they end up doing something slightly different. Um, and it's all about chasing their passion and what they enjoy doing, because if it feels like work, you're probably not doing it right. Um, and so, I mean, for me, I'm not a consultant in, in, in web two. Right. And so to me, this is definitely exciting and different. Um, and music was something that I just used to enjoy listening to. And now I'm like actively participating, uh, in the industry. Um, which, you know, uh, speaking of getting the wife over the hill, you know, that's one of her, her favorite expressions is, you know, how are you a big music guy, right? How are you a big music industry guy? It's like, because that's what I like to do and I'm just doing it. You know, there isn't a, a secret recipe. You don't need to go, um, into the record label and, and work for 40 years until you're able to actually have a big gig in web two. This is, you get to create whoever you want to be. And so for people that, um, you know, whatever their passions may be, if it's, if it's in web three consulting, great, just get started, just go meet people, go talk to people, go help projects without expecting pay. Um, I've been working for eight months without any pay and I've learned a lot. And now it's getting to the point where we're able to help others and, and sort of request pay, demand pay. Right. And so I just say, put in your time and, don't expect everything you do, you're going to get a direct payment for because mm-hmm. you're investing in yourself and it'll come over time. Yes, most definitely. We had David Bianchi come in on episode one of this season two, and he shared how he's been putting a lot of time and energy into building social currency and showing up and speaking at many events unpaid because he's building social currency. And so there is such a thing as um, investing in, in yourself and building that social currency. And then you can transform that into financial currency. Exactly right. So, yeah, so thank you so much again for sharing these doses of insight to our golden community here. Are there any other doses of inspo you'd like to share with our golden friends? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm still recovering from the New York COVID, so I don't think I'm thinking 100% clearly, but nothing's coming to mind. <laughs> <sighs> Wonderful. Well, thank you again. I hope you get better soon. I hope that your adventures were well worth it. I know there's a lot Absolutely. of connections that were made um, and a lot of um, a lot of awesome opportunities that are going to come out of you being present at NFT NYC 2022, including connecting with you um, and having you come on to our podcast to share more on what you're building and um, how you're leveraging your platform to really showcase other up-and-coming artists um, as we're revolutionizing the music industry with NFTs. So thanks again, Elway, for sharing with us your light. Thank you so much for having me. And I wouldn't change a thing. I'm so glad to meet you and many others in New York and uh, just looking forward to staying in touch. And I'll be watching you and your various platforms and uh, keeping in touch. You're so very welcome. Thanks again, LA. Stay gold. Thank you for listening to Golden Meta Sessions with Dog Peace. I hope you got that dose of inspiration you were welcoming. Remember to subscribe. New episodes drop weekly every Thursday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. As always, reminding you, it is you who ultimately chooses to consciously express and be gold, a genuine, original, loving dreamer, as you boldly step into the metaverse and achieve your version of success. I'm your host, Doc Peace. What an honor it is to journey with you into NFTs. Stay gold.